0: Hello folks, welcome to another episode of Catch Up, the podcast about contemporary hip-hop that examines where hip-hop has been, where it's going, and where it is. I'm Jordan Suwami
1: And I'm James Rathbone.
0: And today we're back with part two of our two-part mini-series on some of our favorite underrated hip-hop beefs. Uh, we're digging in the crates for some great, great childish insults between grown men. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that's really what we came to hip-hop for and stayed for the rest. So it's only fair that we highlight beefs in the first place
0: it's true there, there are some beefs that we wanted to get into that we're probably going to save for later like mm-hmm. foxy brown little kim is yeah. kind of a bigger one that we want to save for its own episode yeah. potentially so stay tuned for the for future beef episodes <laughs> uh but this week we're going to be talking about a few few new york-centric ones mm-hmm.
1: specifically what well, we're going to be talking about some of the beef exploits related to cameron giles aka cameron head of dipset records and one of my favorite rappers of all time.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, but before we get into that, we want to give a special shout out to all of our patrons, people supporting us on Patreon. Uh, thank you guys so much. Mm-hmm. It's a massive help. Really, the, the really, I really appreciate the outpouring that's that's come through. You guys are doing doing us a great service in making sure that we can continue to provide this service for you guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just want to shout out a few people specifically. Just want to do a big shout out to. Our man Sal Sal P Ooh. in Toronto, Sal, oh, gentleman he, scholar.
1: He was a uh, a patron even before he was a patron.
0: True, it's true. Really smart guy. A guy that could very easily have his own hip hop podcast.
1: He could, or be a future uh, prime minister of
0: Canada. Wow, I was going to say mayor, but you really won up to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I How do you see it though. Can I look. I, he's got can that of look. Of he's course. got that look about him. He's got the look. He dress, he's got the demeanor. He dresses well Yeah. Dresses well. <laughs> uh, also want to give a shout out to uh, Mister Rapsy, mm. uh, stay underground. Yeah, big music head.
1: Oh my god, he's. I feel like he his knowledge goes so deep. He's so up on stuff. Uh huh. It's uh-huh. Very impressive. It's
0: just always nice to see someone who's just like a, a real just maniac music fan. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, like us. Mm-hmm. Um, also want to shout out Ali M, Ali, somebody from the books world.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We we appreciate you yeah, absolutely. Thank you for your support. We want to shout out Pete Pete S out in the Hammer. Shout out the Hammer, Hamilton. Ham- Ham- Y'all Hamilton coming repping. through. Yeah. Hamilton's coming through. Uh, James is from the Hamilton area. I am indeed,
1: indeed Dan- downtown Hamilton, born and raised. Grew up my, hard.
0: My house is where I spent most of my days. <laughs> <laughs> um, we also want to shout out Hannah F. Hannah, thank you very much for your support. You have done uh, a lot to keep us going, so we appreciate it. Mm. And for the rest of you, we would also appreciate your support, too. So if you head over to patreon.com slash Podcast, and if you can, make a contribution so that we can keep uh, doing this thing. Uh, for those of you there in Toronto, we have an event coming up this week. It's Thursday night at Apartment 200. Uh, just a fun just a fun venue, mm-hmm. uh, whether you've been there before or not. It's a place that you got to see.
1: Yeah, and you know what? If you have been there and you felt like it was a little you know, kind of cool for you or something like that, come out on the Thursday we're DJing. It's much more chill. It's very inclusive. You don't have to have any kind of clout tokens adorned on your body to get in. It's a, you know, come as you are kind of event.
0: That's right. No clout tokens required, but it'd be nice if you had some. Yeah, we're not going to say no. (laughs) (laughs) Let me see your clout tokens, fam. Um, All right, let's get into the episode.
1: If you were a uh, New York rapper of the 2000s, uh, you know, there were, you were might have been involved in some pretty like heavy beefs, whether directly because you were sort of a mainstay uh, or indirectly just because of by association. You know, there was the Nas and Jay-Z beef. There was the Ja Rule and 50 Cent beef. Uh, there was all kinds of collateral beefs that were sort of Related to those two, just on their own, you know, whether it was sort of Fat Joe, Jada Kiss, and Nas going, getting involved in 50 Cent, Mob Deep uh, joining sort of Nas on this sort of uh, Queens versus Jay Z beef, and so on and so forth. Uh, but there was one rapper who beefed with Nas, 50, and Jay Z and came out on the better side of it. We're not going to talk about the Nas beef this episode. That'll maybe appear in the future mm-hmm. episode. But Cameron, a.k.a. Cameron Giles, a.k.a. head of Dipset Records.
0: A.k.a. I'll smack the Koofy uh, off your head. <laughs>
1: uh, was, in my opinion, the, the winner of beefs against two of the like best rappers of all time. Uh, absolute, rappers who are absolutely much more famous than he. Mm-hmm. he ever was. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was because of Cameron's unique kind of sense of humor mm-hmm. and also very underrated rapping ability that he was able to sort of come out on top. Mm-hmm. But in order to understand both of these beefs, you kind of have to go go back a little bit into who Cameron was and the story of Dipset a little Let's bit. Let's talk about it. So, uh, Cameron Giles uh, is from Harlem. He... Uh, was a varsity basketball player who sort of had aspirations of going pro, even though that was probably never really in the cards. But you can find uh some footage of him playing basketball on YouTube.
0: Yeah, and also if you've ever seen his movie Kill a Season, yes, uh, there there is some archival footage of him playing alongside Mace Mason Betha, yeah. of uh, formerly of Bad Boy Records.
1: Indeed. Um. So you know, after basketball kind of fizzled out. Uh, Cam started rapping. You can first hear him, uh, I think it might be the, I don't know if there is another, um, earlier entry, but the first, uh, song you can hear him on is on a Big L song Mm -hmm. from, uh, Big L's classic Lifestyles, The Poor and Dangerous. Should we listen yeah, to yeah, that? Let's listen to a little bit of Cameron's uh, Verse, debut. Yeah, on, on the Big L track.
2: That would be funny like flesh could they sex and say they saw the sun. Talk about non and and never shot a water gun. But kill the camera I get radical when it comes to static. Then you have it, a trigger fanatic with an automatic. Increase the peace, that cease, cause once I release my crew from the east, we leaving at least 20 police. Deceased it's the beast on attack, so make tracks. I break back, I jack with that gaps and black max. All landings have ain't no light looks, you fight crooks left and right hooks. If you're front, your light. I'm sharp Sure.
1: Like a, within like a, a couple years, hand hand uh, Cameron, through Mace, had sort of started to f- uh, Mace, who was you know a childhood friend, as we mentioned, uh, started to s- see some success of his own. He had a song with Mace called "Horse and Carriage," uh, and a couple of his early albums, uh, SDE and Confessions of Fire. Confessions of Fire has, my opinion, the funniest record cover of all time. Uh, Describe it it's uh, a few of us, uh, Jordan and a couple of our friends were on a group chat this week and we were talking about um, camp as you know, related to the Met Gala and the village people came up and I was saying at Cameron's, Fetch the Fire album cover would, you know, fit perfectly with the Village People because it's him dressed as a steel worker in a steel mill, just like his muscles glistening, carrying holding like a sledgehammer,
0: looking, looking like more of a strip, like like a stripper. Yeah, like exactly. A, than an actual,
1: it would have been very like appropriate on sort of like um, a novelty calendar cover, mm-hmm. you know, uh, rather Absolutely. than like a rap album cover. Um, and I don't know why no rapper ever really brought that up. In a, in a in a disc, I mean, because
0: like he looks great, l- looking like an ex- looking like a good exotic dancer is just a flex. <laughs> yeah, like, it you is. can't really insult someone like that. You know, it's
1: true. Um. Anyway, so um, uh, his his early records had some success, but it wasn't until he got out of his record deal and joined Rockefeller Records, and at the same time, birthed Dipset, his uh, like sort of boutique label within. Uh, within Death Jam, Rockefeller, mm-hmm. uh, that had his artists Joel Santana and Jim Jones that he really started to see like what I would say his true like height of success. Um, so Rockefeller Records, if if you don't know, was a independent label started by Dame Dash and Jay-Z uh, when Jay-Z couldn't really find like a, a home and obviously Jay-Z is Jay-Z now. Um, Jay-Z, Dame Dash is from Harlem and also has known cameron i think most of his life and uh you know people from harlem they carry themselves with a certain swagger
0: yeah that's right it's the home of dapper dan it's like they're flashy yeah they're cocky yeah you know they're they they might bust your head if you need to you know what i mean asap
1: rocky being sort of the modern incarnation of like a classic that's right They're pretty motherfucker that's right uh so you know as much as Rockefeller Records was finding a lot of success between, like, Dame and Jay-Z. You know, bigger egos were sort of at foot. And when Cam came to uh, The Rock, he not only was he very, like, grateful and loyal to Dame, he sort of saw himself as being Jay-Z's competition from very early on. Hmm. So, uh, you know, as time went on and Jay-Z's star continued to rise and he had his own sort of business Enterprise going uh, him and dame started to split, and part of this is that there's a a young man named Kanye West who allegedly Dame Dash discovered mm-hmm. I'm not sure the the true origin story of how he came to the rock, but uh when you know Jay Z started recording the blueprint and Cameron was recording his first debut on the rock come home with me which is a classic album if you haven't listened to cameron's come home with me i recommend it uh they were it was just blaze and especially this new really hype producer named kanye west who were recording a lot of the tracks for it and jay-z being sort of the star of the pack he got the pick of the litter and and so some of the songs that you know kanye uh, might have played for him. Jay-Z would swipe the beats for, like, the Blueprint. Mm-hmm. And Songs that,
0: that Kanye would play for Cameron. For Cameron, yeah, I
1: should say. Um, and so, you know, there started to be a little bit of a rivalry. On Cameron's uh, record, there's a, a a song called Welcome to New York City, which mm-hmm. is Jay-Z and Cameron rapping together, but they're kind of almost rapping and in competition.
0: That's the, we built this city sample, right?
1: Um, no, it's like, welcome to New York City. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, the we built the city is uh, is just like a J- Jim Jones like kind of. I see. Up, I like, see. Yeah. Um. So anyway, time goes on and the rock starts to splinter. Jay Z's star is really too big for it, and he and Dame's decide to go the opposite ways. And uh, at the same time, Jay Z gets promoted to head of Death Jam, who uh, at that point, Rockefeller Records was an imprint of. Um, Of Def Jam. So, and at this point, like, you know, it's not just they decide to go a separate way. It's very amicably, like, oh, we've, you know, we've reached a point in our lives where we're both mature men and we, you know, (laughs) understand that we're just in different places in our lives. And it's just for the best that we go different ways. That's just not really how, especially Dame Dash works. Mm -hmm. You know, Dame Dash is an opinionated man. He feels a lot of ways about a lot of things. He's a chatty patty, some would say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that's, he that's would say correct. That. He would say that. <laughs> I, would I, say I think that. he would say that was fair. expression. Yeah. And uh and so, you know, with the demise of Rockefeller records and sort of dame feeling like this new star Kanye had been stolen from him because at this by this point Kanye's rapping career had started mm-hmm. and he's starting to, his star is rapidly rising. So In 2006, kind of out of nowhere, (laughs) Cameron debuts two songs. And one of the songs is only sort of a song. It's more of a collection of actually Jay-Z's songs. Uh, It's called I'm Not a Biter. And it's a collection of Jay-Z saying uh, what are essentially allusions to other rhymes. But uh, Jay-Z is a line, I'm not a a biter, I'm a writer for myself and others. Uh Cameron flips that line so it's I'm not a writer, I'm a biter, mm-hmm. within the song. The song's and actually called He's a Biter. He's a Biter, yeah. pardon me. And uh, and then he just goes through all of the many lines he's, Jay-Z has taken from his, Notorious B.I.G., yeah. Rakim, Big Daddy Kane. Uh-huh. And you know at the time, this actually was a pretty potent... It was
0: pretty damaging. Yeah. I mean, I personally would say that these are pretty clear lyrical illusions 100%. just like the, the literary 100%. device and illusion yeah but i think that that is something that's kind of this like the way i'm looking at it is kind of like definitely a, a more modern take on things mm-hmm. like historically in hip-hop it's always been a kind of you know, full-scale rejection of the idea of copying somebody else. Mm-hmm. But that has completely changed in the iterative, the, you know, digitally-focused era that we live in where yeah. everything is, like, memefied and everything is, like, an a, a iteration of a previous version. Exactly. You know, if you go back to the 90s and you think of, like, you know, Wu-Tang, like, shark niggas, they're biting. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, it's, it L- was, like... Literally
1: was a- just because... <laughs> Biggie put a child on his cover, and Nas put a child on his cover. That was like that was it. <laughs> I was like this is like you know there could be a world where you know two- I've
0: cornered the market <laughs> on having children on the cover of albums. And now you want to put kids on a cover of albums? You know, <laughs> yeah. I own all the kids on the cover. Of, you yeah. know, it's just it's just a it's a bizarre concept, but it's just interesting. Yeah, it's just like reflective of what the where the, where the genre was. It yes. was so early. You know, even in the '90s, it's so early in the history of hip hop yeah. that we still haven't figured out how to handle all of these different you know issues that would come up.
1: Yeah, but uh, even better than that was uh, the song that Cameron dropped. That was an actual song. Is, in my opinion, one of the most underrated, if not the most underrated, diss songs of all time called You Gotta Love It. It's Cameron featuring an early Max B hook. Max B is an, uh, an artist who pretty soon after fell out with Dipset and, and had his own beef with them. Uh, Dipset could not help themselves
0: but beef with basically every <laughs> single rapper. They were some ornery motherfuckers. They
1: really were. I mean, they they beef with themselves. They were they they were that into beefing.
0: Best beef was the Bill O'Reilly one, in my opinion. That's
1: though. true. That's true. Unfortunately, that one's not so lyrical, but uh, it's
0: still gave us one. Should
1: of we the, just talk about that a little bit? Okay, sure. Yeah, because you know what? That is a it's, hilarious this, incident, this and a lot like of one people of the, would have forgotten it.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's 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 a part of internet lore. Yeah. it's like it's in the it's in the the dictionary of the internet. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's like before memes. It, it was, was like f- one it was of one the, of one the, the first, first hip hop memes, I would say. Yeah. But it's like. Basically, the construct is that uh, Cameron and Dame Dash are invited onto Bill O'Reilly's Fox News television show, S- the, the O'Reilly circa Factor. Two
1: thousand and three, I think. Yes, something like it's that. like
0: the early early two thousands, and they also have the the head of this charter school on. Um, and it's just totally set up to be kind of a hit job. Mm-hmm. They have Cameron there. They have Dame Dash. It's Bill O'Reilly, who clearly his viewpoint is that rap is the scourge of all culture and spe- specifically the black community. Mm-hmm. Then they have the, the black head of this charter school who is, I guess, there to, so Bill O'Reilly could be like, look, one of you also agrees with me. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, but Cameron and Dame Dash, is specifically, Cameron kind of go in with their with their own ammo loaded. Yeah, you know, Cameron has this totally like laid back demeanor. Yeah, but he's also like very invested and very interested in what's going on. Yeah, and he kind of flusters Bill O'Reilly by bringing up he's like he's like where you start, where did you start your career? You were you were on uh, Current Affairs, right? Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and Bill O'Reilly kind of like a little bit shook that Cameron knows that. Yeah, yeah. And Cameron says, "I got dirt on you, doggy." <laughs> How, you know, Who he, knows what he actually knew? But
1: doesn't Bill O'Reilly have like mad sexual he harassment does. He charges? Does. That's
0: why his sh- his show ended on he, Fox News because of like the sexual a uh, litany of sexual har- harassment situations.
1: So, so what we're saying is that Cameron not only took and him, Cameron and Dame took Harvey Weinstein <laughs> and punched him in the face on the set of Paid, paid in full. Him full. They also called out Bill O'Reilly on his own show potentially for his sexual harassment history.
0: Cameron, uh, Wait, early, so far early... ahead
1: of his time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Across the board, um, but also this, like you know, at some point in the in the in their exchange on the show, Cameron started teasing Bill O'Reilly with saying, "You mad? Yeah, you, you mad?" mad. Which uh, that
1: then forever after.
0: Yeah, it's become an internet thing. It's kind of yeah. fallen out of favor and a little I don't bit. Really yeah, hear people, people were, using it,
1: it. It's like I think after Solange released "Mad," it was okay to be mad again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, let's continue.
1: All right. So anyway, back to uh, uh, You Gotta Love It, which, uh, yeah, featuring Max B who on the hook with a, a great little Max B hook. But the best part of the song, well, you know what? We should really just listen to it. Okay. Where uh, Cameron starts out the song outlining all the things that Jay-Z does wrong.
2: Before I set it off. Okay. First off, you a bitch, nigga, nigga only reason I'm doing this, I'ma just name five reasons real quick. Got 150, got 150. You First, you stole Rockefeller from Dane. Second, you stole Kanye from Dane. Third, you stole Rockaway from Dane. Fourth, I seen a nigga throw that diamond up before those shots was fired. Fifth, hold on, turn the beat off. I had to turn the beat off for this. You talking about you an 80s baby, you 37 years old. You was born in 1968, and I opened the Daily News. How's the king of New York rocking sandals with jeans? Open toe sandals with chancletas with jeans on. How's the king of New York rocking sandals with jeans, and he 42 years old? Back to business, you ain't the only one with big rollets. Got it. My I just, I also just love that
0: it's like sandals with jeans. Is, yeah. that, is that really like a fashion no go?
1: He, the, I mean, the, like the amazing thing is that he was on the beach when this happened. Okay. I think maybe wearing <laughs> like jean shorts or something. Okay. Like that. Yeah. And I remember they interviewed DMX and like asked him about it. And DMX was like, I would never ever wear sandals in my life anywhere. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> so they're like, you'd wear Timberland boots. It's like, I wear Timberland boots to the beach. Yes. <laughs>
0: that is the most New York thing I've ever heard. Yeah. But you know what? Um, seeing DMX in sandals would kind of, especially in the 2000s, would fuck me up. Yeah, it would have been It charring. would kind it's of true. like, we're in open-toed shoes. How's DMX going to be wearing open-toed shoes? <laughs> DMX, we'll wearing o- open-toed shoes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is like it's like moments like this is this is the kind of thing i love in rap beef where it becomes kind of like completely surrealist where you're like these insults are just kind of like these are like i I don't even these insults they're like it's such a it feels like such a light jab to be talking about like you're wearing you're you know you're wearing Uh, your fashion is a little uncomfortable (laughs) it's it's uncomfortable for me to look at what you wear sometimes fashion wise that's just a funny way to insult somebody yeah (laughs)
1: um So uh, after this, Jay Z most notably did not respond to Cameron, which to me says a lot. What he did do was respond to Jim Jones, Mm -hmm. who was uh, up until that point he was sort of you know it's been a sort of a smaller figure, but kind of at the time had released his his biggest song ever.
0: Yeah, we fly high. 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 And if you weren't around or weren't listening to hip hop in 2007 or 2006 when this song dropped is like this was one of the biggest songs of the year absolutely it was everywhere and it, there was also there's also like a proto like little dance exactly to it. it was yeah, just it was like, like you know shooting so, the basketball shot yeah like, balling Ballin. people were everyone was yeah. saying that yeah. balling it was like
1: it was like it's like one of those terms that is so rare in hip hop where it like essentially became sort of like crunk or bling bling or like almost cro- it was a term that kind of crossed over where like kind of corny people knew
0: it absolutely
1: but it didn't like it like didn't die you know like balling didn't become corny through it
0: maybe not at the time not at the time i i know so i was in the presence of somebody who's used this expression recently and i was like oh god
1: yeah I and mean, maybe it's dying But the point point was, yeah, like the dance and the the whole thing. Like if that came out now, it would be dead in like two weeks.
0: It's true. It's a different. It's a different era. But it's just like it's just interesting. It was just cool to see this come from New York and come from from uh, you know the kind of like third string dipset guy Mm. at the time. Um,
1: So then, yeah, should we listen to? So we should listen to a little bit of Jay Z. Jay Z's
0: response. Brooklyn High. Brooklyn High.
1: So Jay Z does a, resp- a remix of We Fly High called Brooklyn High.
2: Give me back the chain, it's over for you danged. fuck y'all bras Didn't they ever tell you don't fuck with a man's family? They fuck with y'alls, you kidnap mine Nigga, I will click-clack, push your wig back Further than Tyra Banks' headline, your bank versus mine If you ballin', nigga, what I'm doin', can't beat the fine The Joneses can't keep up, maybe my nigga Nas nice, But I got stronger after Ether. Wow <laughs>
1: And then after that, Jim Jones does an incredibly novel thing uh, where he remixes his own song, puts new verses on it. I think that "Balling" might have been one of the most remixed songs of all time. There's mm. like there's like different regional remixes, which was kind of like a fairly common thing at the time. Uh-huh. But for an artist to then remix their own song <laughs> and just put out new verses on the same beat. You think he is Lil Nas X? Yeah. <laughs> he... Let's uh, he, not he, like... His We Fly High remix is not, not the highest of highs, but he has one really funny line or set of lines. You say 30's the new 20, true as the ad lib, but you're not 40. I'm 30, so who's 20? Not you. When I catch Tai Tai, I'm going to give him a wedgie too. <laughs> <laughs> I tell Nas, tell Nas to buy you a kufi for Christmas so I can smack that shit off your head. <laughs> <laughs>
0: This is one of my favorite dipset things of that era is threatening to slap the kufi off people. Yeah. <laughs> um, and if, if, I, if I understand this, understand where the origin of that comes from, a kufi is like a, it's a hat that a lot of like Muslim men wear. Mm. And like my understanding of it is that it would smack it off because you're not a real muslim. Yeah, exactly. So it's like it's like the ultimate sign of disrespect is like yeah. you wearing a skull I'll smack that shit off your head. Yeah. <laughs> Which I just think that's just a fantastic. Yeah. Just ex- the height of humor. Um, you know, my my dad's muslim and he never really wore a kufi, but definitely some of his friends did. Mm-hmm. And you know, <laughs> I would never <laughs> I would never ever attempt to smack oh my that God. or even think about Can it. You imagine? But just like hearing the words just brought me so much glee <laughs> and joy.
1: Yeah. I mean, to me, it's, like, pretty incredible who Jay-Z, like, really considered by many to be the greatest rapper of all
0: time, kind of – dipside kind of got the best of him. They did. And I don't know. It was just – I think it was just – it was, like, kind of, like, similar to, you know, in the last episode when we talked about Jay-Z and Gucci Mane and why – for a while when Gucci was like firing these shots at Jay-Z, Jay-Z never really responded. It's kind of like Jay-Z's career was in a place where he, he had way more to lose by Mm -hmm. getting, you know, to quote a famous Jay-Z line, a wise man told me not to argue with fools because from a distance, you can't tell who's who. Mm -hmm. And I think it was Jay-Z's way of like, I don't want to get too deep in the mud with these guys that Mm -hmm. like have way less to lose than me. Mm -hmm. Um, But like weirdly enough, or maybe perhaps in the most best ending kind of way, it, it, this has come really full circle because now Jim Jones is managed by, by Rock Nation, which mm-hmm. is Jay-Z's management company. And recently uh, at a show, a B-side show where he's performing kind of like oh, – I wish I'd gone to so, that show. It's so, man, so good. It's a once-in-a-lifetime kind of show, I think, yeah. um, where Jay-Z is performing a lot of the songs that he doesn't really normally do in concerts. He, uh, did, to reopen Webster Hall, a concert venue in New York – he brought Cameron out and they performed some songs together yeah. so like they're back and they're both like wearing suits and it's yeah. just like it's just like kind of for me everything you want to see in hip hop mm-hmm. is that like you know as these men age they can put to, put put aside all of this like petty bullshit mm-hmm. and be like man we're both like p- important people in this culture mm-hmm. and we should work together
1: a funny and a funny thing is that like uh, recently I wonder if this maybe had something to do with it but Jim Jones said in an interview that like one of the highlights of his rap career was when jay-z dissed him because it meant that he was like had made it as a rapper he'd always felt insecure about his rapping compared to cam and jewels who are so strong Mm -hmm. and he felt like when that happened he'd really made it because jay-z like respected him enough to like diss him
0: beautiful story yeah um let's talk about somebody who doesn't really make up with people no matter how (laughs) long it takes no matter what has transpired no matter how much you've, you've aged yeah we're talking about 50 Cent. Yes.
1: So 50 Cent and Cameron have also one of my favorite beefs of
0: all time. It's so good. It's so funny. The the comedy level is high.
1: Yeah. I mean, partly because both of them are two very funny people. It's true. Uh, so there was a, a day in 2007 when 50 Cent was on the F- Funkmaster Flex show and uh, was taking calls and Earlier, he'd would he been just talking about sort of label stuff, and he'd mentioned Koch Records, mm. uh, which had, it sort of was like a, it was an independent rap label, basically, where you could you could go to Koch if you were wanting to put out sort of a smaller release that would have like sort of medium, they say they, it's they still the means to sort of distribute nationally right. and, and put some, you know, kind of machine behind you, but much definitely on a smaller scale. In turn, you'd get higher royalties. Exactly.
0: Um, so and it, in 2007, in like the 2007 to 2010-ish, mm-hmm. it was really popular for a lot of rappers who'd had major label deals and then maybe hadn't panned out the way they wanted to mm-hmm. and still wanted to have some of the benefits of a major label mm-hmm. while retaining way, way more control and way more of the finances from the sales of the records.
1: Yeah. And so, I mean, 50, obviously, still in 2007, was like a national star and massive, one of the biggest rappers massive. in the world. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's, he was like, cause records is a, is a graveyard for, for rappers. It's kind of a harsh, it's kind of a harsh <laughs> take, you know I mean? I kind of understood where he's coming from. It's sort of a typical 50 way of uh, saying that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not, not, not Totally fair.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Anyway, uh, Funkmaster Flex was like, you know what? Let's, let's take some calls from, uh, from our audience. So who calls in, but Jim Jones. Jim Jones of uh, who we were just mentioning, uh, uh, a.k. Uh, you know Cameron's uh, sort of capo right hand man. Mm-hmm. He uh, he was a, he had actually dropped balling, and I think mo- almost all, maybe all of his albums were on cons. Yes, that's right. And uh, <laughs> and they so they started arguing, and uh, and then Fifty, it's like, put Cam on the phone, put Cam on the phone, <gasps> and funnily enough. Like, it hadn't really been mentioned that Cameron was there. But it was like they, like, lived in a house together I'm, like, put the phone. <laughs> Cam! Cam, can you come to the phone? Can you get your mother? Get your mother. Get your mother. <laughs> get your mother. <laughs> <laughs> so, then Cameron gets on and they start arguing. And, I mean, part of it was that Cameron had a fair point that I think either Yayo or Lloyd Banks, one of them had dropped a, a record on Koch. Okay. Which is kind of funny. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, but also, they, they kind of just made this point that, like... You know, Jim Jones is actually making pretty good money off his his album sales mm-hmm. off Koch because if you go, it was like if you go gold on Koch, you're making more money than you, like if you go double platinum on like a major. Wow! Uh, because you get like like a, you know, remember it used to be like you get like a, a less than a dollar for every album sale, and you'd get like fifty percent of your album sales on on damn uh, on Koch. yeah. So wow! Um, so because he did had balling success and, the, and he went gold, it was like actually pretty pretty big success pretty for him, lucrative. So anyway uh you know in part because they are who they are that this obviously led to a couple of disc records uh 50 started the
0: sil- like the sort of uh
1: with the first shot with a song called funeral
0: mm-hmm. and the video's pretty hilarious too yeah. <laughs> um there's some scenes where 50 goes to a, a shooting range mm-hmm. and he like He's shooting at the target, and then he looks to the camera over his left shoulder, and it's supposed to be a menacing look, but it's actually so humorous. <laughs> it's just like because it's just like I don't know, just the idea of him like mean mugging the camera while shooting. It's just so inherently goofy to me. It's yeah. like this is like it's so over the top, <laughs> yeah. you know. But and I think the two thousands were the two thousand late two thousands. It was a different time.
1: It was. I mean, it's just like the idea of like a, a artist of fifty size getting like like a pretty terrible camera inviting like some strippers and just some thugs over to his house and, ha- and having like kind of a nine person party and calling it a music video it's like pretty hilarious. I mean,
0: now that would be a music video because that is like, you know, that is a template more or less, you know, there was a great article on noisy last year, I believe that was about how chief Mm Keith changed music videos in the current sense. And Mm -hmm. like made you realize you don't really need a big budget. You can have a bunch of shirtless dudes. You can have some, you know, if you want to be more adventurous, get some liquor. Um, But when 50 did this, it was very much not in theme with what, how people made music videos at the time.
1: Yeah. And it, it, it like, it, I mean, in fairness, it was kind of where, yeah, the wind was blowing, but it, it, it had sort of an amateurish look, especially for someone who was so rich at the time. It's true. And, uh, and the song Funeral is like a, it's a decent 50 cent song. The beat's
0: kind of dated. Mm-hmm.
1: Content is just basically like, I'm going to kill you and you know, there's going to be a funeral.
0: <laughs> standard.
1: Yeah. Standard kind of beef stuff. It wasn't explicitly personal. It wasn't nearly as, like, pointed or as sharp as, like, 50s distance to, like, Jabba Yeah, let's listen to a bit of he was getting action.
2: jammed up, better that than it jammed up. His mama said a few words to her. He was innocent. She might have heard he did some shit, but never saw no benefits. So in her eyes, his mommy's little baby. But he was outside, talking to niggas crazy. In a room full of people, came to pay the respect. I just came to get a close look at a nigga to check. That nigga dead as a doughnut, stiff as a nail. And my man, tomorrow he gonna get out of jail. R-O-R. Trust me, nigga. I know the law. Release on your own, this That bullshit. I'm on it. That's his first taste. I mean, his first case. So then
1: Cameron the comes back with. Actually, I think my favorite diss of all time. Wow. Yeah. I. I actually. I'll go and say it is my favorite diss Wow. Of
0: all time. Wow. It's wow.
1: called Curtis.
0: Curtis
2: the truck of the lamby can be stuffed in some candy this ain't a label curtis i'm freaking with family see my squad and waiting right behind them bars this gated hopped out the casket bastard reincarnated yep so have a seat this gonna be a masterpiece i have to beef he look like a gorilla Gorilla. with rabbit teeth bugs monkeys act hard with a crack guard the mac bras that video ain't queens it's your backyard Curtis curtis was messing with your And he he, he says
0: throughout the song he says Curtis in that way like Curtis, which just reminds me of that Simpsons episode where (laughs) with the New York Yankees and it's Daryl Strawberry in the in the outfield and the fans are heckling him they're just saying Daryl Daryl and then a single solitary tear (laughs) comes out his cheek. (laughs) So I'm imagining that's what Cameron was referencing here. Yeah. Which is just bizarre and yeah, hilarious. It's so funny, <laughs> and you know, it's like the video is. It's like if,
1: it's like to me, if 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 fifties video is sort of those like proto shooting at your house, Chief Keef kind of thing. It's like Cameron's video is like a mix of almost like uh like uh nollywood style, like really <laughs> over the top dramatics. Like he's like has a line like popped out of the casket, bastard, and he like there's like the funeral and he like rises out of the casket and everybody's uh-huh. shocked. And uh-huh. It's like so funny. And also just like this kind of like street survey kind of thing where yes. he like goes around to Harlem or whoever's in Harlem, like his videographer goes around to Harlem, just asking people to say Curtis. Mm-hmm. And different they, kinds. All they, people, all, all ages, all races. Yeah. And, and like, okay, well, let's listen to a little bit. it.
0: Yeah. And I think, I think okay. also, you know, just in re-listening to this song, I'm I I basically remember every single word to this song. Yeah, exactly. Because it, it really, it's so catchy. It's so and the insults are so funny. Yeah, there's one part where he says like he looks like a gorilla with rabbit teeth. <laughs> that's that's what I want for my beefs.
1: Yeah, he he makes a really big deal about how Fifty doesn't come to doesn't come to New York anymore. Yeah,
0: he lives in Connecticut. He
1: lives in Connecticut. He's like that video in Queens. It's your backyard. Uh, he says. One of my, you don't club in New York, you party out in Scottsdale. <laughs> Arizona.
2: Never be friends with you, Chris. Shout out to a real Queens dude, you know, Kenneth McGriff. He ran from police, you run with police. You ain't from South Side, about to get your mouth wide. Uh, There's one the more DJ. link I want to discuss,
1: which he says Shout days. out a real Queens dude, you know, Kenneth McGriff. He ran from police, you run with police. So, Kenneth McGriff uh, is a very also known as Supreme. supreme very interesting uh, figure and like a, a really smart mention by Cameron. So, in early days of uh, 50 Cent's beef, you may have heard that he, i sorry, early days of 50 Cent's career, you may have heard he got shot nine times. Mm-hmm. The orchestrator of that allegedly, shoot, allegedly, that shooting, uh, who's to say, really? who knows but it uh, was this queen's drug lord named Supreme who mm. ran queens from the 80s to early 2000s until he went to jail for murder mm-hmm. uh and so you know in re- in mentioning in this very s- kind of subtle way mentioning his government name Kenneth McGriff it's like kind of like a little allusion to how 50 cents is and who he say he is similar to in the in the um in the uh, hook, he says, you ain't 50 Cent, 50 Cent from BK. Yeah, because
0: 50 Cent is the name of a real...
1: Robber, was a guy who was like a, ja- a stick-up artist from the, from the 80s, who, mm-hmm. was like rena- who was renowned for being totally fearless. And he was called 50 Cent because he was like five feet tall. But <laughs> he was like five feet tall, and like, he's kind of like Omar, basically, from The Wire. Uh-huh. And I think Omar might have actually kinda been kind of based off of 50
0: Cent. Interesting. Yeah. And, it, and I think Cameron was saying, you were 50 as in like five zero. Yeah, like exactly. Police. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay.
1: So the um, the song was so potent, in my opinion. Uh, this is that Fifty Cent next album was called Curtis. It was like he had been rebaptized. He's like, "You ain't Fifty Cent. You're Curtis." And Fifty Cent's next album was called Curtis. And after that, it was sort of the decline of Fifty Cent.
0: Yeah, I think he was trying to take the power back. You know, he's like, yeah. like, because I, I don't know. I felt like some of the, the, the subtext of the Curtis insult mm. is that, uh, he's like, what a goofy name, yeah, for, for <laughs> this man, yeah, supposed gangster, yeah. Which coming from somebody named Cameron, I mean, that's a whole other conversation. Yeah. But, but I think the way that he flipped it is a little, Cameron. That's a like great flip of the name Cameron. Yeah, but. It, And I think that 50 was trying to say Curtis. Yeah, I'm proud of that name. Yeah, yeah. And and everyone's like, no, you're not. (laughs)
1: Yeah, yeah. Curtis. Yeah, Curtis. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I mean, you know, Cameron going against two titans of 2000s New York rap.
0: And one of the titans of uh, 2000s cable (laughs) political news. Yeah,
1: exactly. Coming out ahead on all fronts.
0: Pretty amazing. Pretty amazing um and you know as we mentioned like you know cam and jay-z made up jay and jim jones made up
1: cam and 50 made up
0: cam and 50 made up yeah
1: they did a few years later
0: wow yeah i mean i think also it's worth mentioning that earlier i guess last year there was a f- this because the thing the thing about 50 cent and his various beefs which of which there are so many mm. that one would have to imagine we'll have to talk about like a oh, lot yeah. of them at some point because they're very interesting but you know, not to diagnose him from afar, mm. but I will say that 50 Cent has displayed many sociopathic tendencies throughout his career consistently. Mm. And so much so that he 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 actually has, he is beef with his firstborn son. Yeah. And like to this day. Yeah. And last year, there was this photo that circulated around New York and a lot of the hip hop internet um, of Supreme Kenneth McGriff's son mm. with 50 Cent's son Marquise. Oh my God. And it was like, It was like, you know, the people were people, New York people were like, this is like the gravest insults, you know, it was like, and but like, you know, 50 Cent is treats his son like, like anybody else he had beef with, you know, and
1: I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and that's kind of actually sort of speaks to Cameron Savvy a little bit, that he was able to kind of have this beef with 50 and come out the other side unscathed because there's usually a lot of collateral damage.
0: Uh huh. Yeah, fifties like the person that will, he puts his, his foot on your throat until yeah. your larynx is crushed.
1: I mean, literally, like last week, he was beefing with like a noted Hollywood producer and a member of uh, the Vanderpump Rules. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that says everything about where 50 Cent is in yeah. 2019. He's still selling uh, a litany of television shows to various networks. 50's yeah. career is in a great place. Absolutely. Um and I think Cameron's is too.
1: Yeah. I think they ultimately actually, re- like part of the, the the subtext of this was I think they respected each other and kind of enjoyed the circus of it. Mm-hmm. And it really was never actually that deep, which is kind of
0: part of what makes it so great as well. I love it. That's a great place to end. All right. That's another episode of Catch Up. Thank you very much for listening. Once again, uh, please hit us, up, follow us on Instagram and hit us up there. It's at Podcast. Check out our Patreons, patreon.com slash podcast, And if you're in Toronto and you're listening to this, uh, the week in which it drops, come to Apartment 200 on Thursday night. We're going to be there. We have a special guest from Vancouver, Cash Honey, who's going to be playing with us. And I think it's going to be a great time. We'd love to see you. Yeah. All right. Until next week, uh, stay safe.
1: Be well and stay out of beefs.
0: Stay out of beefs. Especially with 50 Cent. Yes.